0: Hey, everybody, this is Brendan Gersal, and you are listening to the Speaking of podcast. Today, I sit down with some of my colleagues, my friends and pastors here at King's Church, Anthony Moore, Dan Lamus, and Greg Hansen, and we have a fascinating and fun and invigorating discussion about the end times, the rapture, uh, all that stuff, and there's many different uh, interpretations and different takes that people have, and I've been having all kinds of conversations with people about it, so here is a hopefully helpful conversation about the end times and the rapture check it out welcome guys hey welcome to the show yeah hey this is fun it's been a while it yeah it has it has welcome back dan welcome back greg yeah thank you here with my esteemed colleagues uh anthony moore are are you producer ron are you are you switching as i say their names anthony moore Hello? Yes. <laughs> Dan Lamus. <laughs> and the myth, the man, the hot water drinking legend, Greg Hansen. <laughs> hot, drawn, yeah, yeah. Nice. Just drinking hot water off yeah. here like That's, a boss. Like you oh. do oh, refreshing. Well hey, guys, guys I, I, yes. I'm curious. Yes.
1: Have those antlers been there a while?
0: No. No, no actually I don't think our, our viewers at home can see them. They are
1: impressive.
0: These are oh, not no. my work. These are, you are so my. Here's the story behind these. My uh, parents are building their retirement home on the lot on which my family cottage has stood for more than a century.
1: Ooh, so okay.
0: it's a over a hundred year old building. Yeah, previously owned by my great grandfather Ingersoll. Uh huh. And these have been sitting underneath. The cottage or, or hanging underneath the cottage for m- longer than my lifetime anyway all right so my dad thinks either my grandfather my great uncle or my great-grandfather shot this deer wow so anyway okay yeah he wasn't gonna keep it he was gonna throw him out and i thought that's a that's a nice that's a nice uh rack of antlers anyway for mm-hmm. a new brunswick whitetail. that's yeah, yeah. that's that's nice nice looking
1: very cool. So. There you go. And I thought
0: there's uh, some sentimentality to it. Sure. Makes, makes me look tougher than I actually am because I've never actually shot a deer. So <clears throat> just got that there to, you know. Kind of cool, though. Not, yeah. not every day you've got a uh, family heirloom that came from a deer that's been sitting under your <laughs> family cottage for a century. No, sir. So nope. yeah. I'm guessing that, that that's at least a 50-year-old set of antlers. Yeah. Mm. There so, you go. That's uh I don't know how many points that is, but it's at least half a century old. So hmm. there's that. Yeah. Well, you know what? This deer didn't have to worry about the rapture. Right. <laughs> dun, dun, <laughs> so. how, how, about, how about that for a segue? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I want to. We want to jump right in. I don't know how long we'll be. I don't know what this format's going to look like. It's going to be a little bit all over the place. Admittedly, uh, none of us are experts on the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have varying degrees of experience with it and have done some reading that has shaped our, uh, maybe our eschat- eschatology, mm-hmm. which is our, you know, the fancy theological word for, you know, how you believe things are going to end. Um, so, but that that said, this is going to be a little free flowing, a bit of discussion. Um, and maybe I hope this is helpful for some of our people at King's or maybe even some of our listeners uh, to sort of start processing through the big questions about why, like, mm. why the end times conversation is important, but it might be important in a different way than you think. Right. And I, I've really where this is coming from is as many listeners would know, our church has been journeying through the book of Revelation, Revelations, mm. <laughs> for uh, since January of 2020, off right. and on. Uh, we just pressed pause to, again on that. Uh, this past week, but, uh, throughout that book, the study, we've been kind of untangling or trying to untangle maybe a lot of noise and, Mm -hmm. uh, miss, at least misapplication of the book, if not outright misinterpretation of the book, to be fair to the book of revelation, which, which isn't the only place in the Bible that we get apocalyptic literature or even, um, you know, information about the end times. Jesus right. speaks about it. Daniel. There's different places. Ezekiel. There's different places in the Bible that talk about it. Right. But to be fair to the Book of Revelation, it is vague for the modern Western mind to be able to kind of wrap their head around. Like it is yes. not something I would never tell a new believer to start in Revelation. You know, like <laughs> yeah. just you really do need to take your time and you need to consult some extra biblical resources, good ones, which is. Part of the reason i want to have this conversation today right. uh to help form your understanding because it is a tricky book there's no there's no way around it um but it's a beautiful one so mm-hmm. throughout this series that we've been doing you know I, my main point to drive home is i don't want to preach this book um, with making the same error that is often made and that is this that revelation was given as some kind of secret code that's going to be very helpful for somebody someday right yeah like that it's going to tell like the people right before the end are going to know it and this is when this is going to be valuable so they can know that's not actually why the book of revelation was written and it even says it's interesting it even says right in the beginning you know revelation was written you know to, to encourage the body and to provide a window of insight into realities that are not just coming in the future, but are present currently, but hidden to the naked eye mm. and that that book is given so that we can see. And so it uses these images and these, this language to help us see what we haven't seen before. So throughout the year and a half or more, we've been working through that, though, I've I've tried to help people like get up out of maybe some of the hyper hot takes about end times uh, that a lot of people grew up with and to get them back to like, what is Jesus saying to us through his word here right now? How does this Mm -hmm. revelation inform our lives? And yet I've always been at war uh, with that. Yeah, but, you know, what about the rapture? And what about, you know, the Antichrist? And is the vaccine the mark of the beast? And like people, especially Christians who grew up in it, have this gravitational pull still to want to know is that this and Mm -hmm. and it's not that it's an unfair question but it my mind it's putting the the cart before the horse like uh there will come a time where like paul says you know all things will be known and we don't see in part and prophesy in part anymore like everything we made visible will know Mm -hmm. what the bible was talking about Mm -hmm. but right now we don't and I, I bristle maybe is the word I should use here. I bristle at, uh, the, the Western Christian infatuation with end times lore, mm-hmm. right. right, And that's the word yeah. I would use. Yeah. That's actually extra biblical. And there's really blurred lines between what's actually in the Bible, what people have been taught, and what people believe is biblical that was just Hollywood right. or mm-hmm. a famous, a famous, uh, fiction novel series that many people know, the Lef- left behind series. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all that to say, I want to just have an open discussion, um, surrounding this, what you guys believe maybe about eschatology, about the end times. I want to hit, you know, the rapture. I want to hit some of the, the big themes and maybe if we can land at, you know, why is this conversation important and what's the most important part about this conversation? Like if, mm-hmm. if we as pastors, we're all pastors here mm-hmm. at King's Church. Like if if I could sit down with all of my people and say, here's why you do need to think about the end, but here's how you need to think about the end. Mm-hmm. And why mm-hmm. why thinking about it this way is more important than thinking about it, you know, maybe in the traditional sense. Right. If you... I know i'm dominating here but this is kind of setting things up for us to have a discussion if you were to go on like google like i just i just went on youtube here and i just i just typed in um you know end times on on youtube a cursory youtube search well what gets optimized on youtube and google anyway is the most sensational stuff so we already know that to begin with so we're not going to get good bible scholarship a lot of the time right um but like you, you know Top, top is why some pastors and TikTokers say the end times are here. That's the first one that comes up. Second one that comes up, you know, is this the end? Another prediction and the truth. And the third one, you know, how Bible prophecy shapes Trump's foreign policy. Like it is very integrated. You know, the fourth one that comes up, end times, Mark of the Beast, Armageddon, and tribulation, is this the end times? Like over right. and over again. And again, it's not It's not an unfair question, but I think there's an unhealthy infatuation with the nowness of it, when Jesus said, you know, yes, be ready, but no one will know the hour yep. and don't yep. try to crack, don't try to crack the code, Sherlock. Like that's not like, right. and Jesus said, I don't even know. Right. Which is like, that's a wild statement. Like he has yep. deferred that to the father and said, right. I'm good whenever you're good. Yes. You know, and like, he's literally just waiting, Jesus himself waiting to return, Yeah. which we'll talk about in a second, but so all that yeah. to say, here we are to untangle some things. But first, before we get into it, have you guys ever had a rapture scare?
2: Well, I was actually gonna, I <laughs> was actually gonna say like, among the, the whatever the different inter- interpretations of the rapture, I, would, I was gonna chime in and say, the one, the one unifying characteristic of the rapture
0: is that we've all been afraid of it at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, let's not lose that, right? we need to come back to that, yeah. okay? So That's, I'm gonna, but. So to answer your question, yes.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. yes, I have definitely like arriving home as a kid, getting <laughs> yeah. yeah. home. There's totally. an empty home. Huh. Did mom? I miss it? Yeah, that's the mom, Ma- <laughs> Ma- dad, <laughs> dad. Hello, <laughs> anybody?
0: Yeah, I, I, I had one really vivid shaping experience. Uh, I was at Beulah mm. Camp, and I was out by myself walking through the campground, and it just it struck me that there's nobody here. Like, nobody. It was just a ghost town. Like, I'm <laughs> pretty sure a tumbleweed just went across the <laughs> across the road. But it, it got in my head. Like, I'm like, oh, my goodness. And, like, I started to get more and more panicky yeah. the further, uh, further I walked. Because literally, I walked the bulk of the campground, which in hindsight, isn't that unusual to not see anybody, but, and it was November. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was February. <laughs> I was in snowshoes. Yeah. No, I was in the middle of the summer and uh, I walked to the campground and still nobody. And by the time like I'm getting close to where my home, my grandmother's cottage was, or the, my my former cottage as per the deer story, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm, I'm jogging and then running to, and I, I run into my grandmother's cottage and because it comes first before my parents, yeah. i figured, figure and I figured my grandmother was more likely to not be left behind than anybody else that I knew. Right. So, <laughs> so I, I go in, which again, that speaks to bad gospel understanding yeah. also, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, it does. um, but I, uh, I run in and I'm like, Grammy, Grammy. Nobody, nothing I'm like Grammy. And then I hear what <laughs> she's she's out on the deck yeah. having a nap. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. I'll never be bad again. Yeah. You know, yeah, like totally. I'll never That's be right. bad again. You know, it's yeah. like I'm had that panic moment though of like, Jesus came back. He knew the real me, and I got cut. Yeah. Right, I didn't make it.
1: I was left behind.
0: <laughs> Did you have one day?
1: <laughs> yeah, I I'm having this memory. I I was always a, a kid who just thought too much about just about everything, but I remember thinking. Okay, my dad's probably going to go in the Rapture if any of us do. And he's mm. driving. Right. I remember us being on big, long road trips. And I was like, well, it better not happen while we're on this trip if I get left behind. <sighs> yeah. Because not only will I be left behind, but I'll also be in a car accident. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my dad will be gone. And nobody will yeah. be driving the car. Right. He'll disappear. Yeah. And, and
0: not, not only is God not going to take you to heaven, but he's going to let you careen off the
1: road. Right. That's right. And die. Right. Because it's going to happen terror, to anybody, yeah. it's going to happen to me. <laughs> yes. know, I assumed.
0: This is funny, but everybody's had that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like everybody's yeah. grown up in the church in the West and evangelicalism. Yeah. 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 It's... Oh man, incredible! So, do you have do you have one, Greg, that stands out? Oh yeah, just uh, yeah, coming home from school, yeah.
3: uh, probably elementary even. Yeah, uh, elementary school, grade five, grade six, walking in, nobody's home. Yep. I go through all the rooms, you know, might find a note saying, we'll be back in a couple minutes.
0: We'll be back, yeah. we'll be, we'll, we'll be back after the thousand-year <laughs> reign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, after the panic,
3: yes. I find the note. You know? yeah. Yeah. Someday, you in a thousand. Yeah.
1: Someday I want to hear a story where a parent comes to find their child to make sure that, that they haven't missed the rapture. Yeah. I Damn. bet you. Son?
0: I bet you. I bet you there has <laughs> been, yeah. though. Like yeah, some parents, you. like, yeah. Texting. You know, but it, it's uh, – so – so that our friends that are watching that didn't grow up in church and don't have a ton of evangelical baggage to navigate through, um, sorry, let's, that's what it is. <laughs> let's let's give a rundown on like, excuse me, what is kind of the? I'm not gonna, I'm not going to use the word traditional because this is actually like a lot of the yeah. you know common Western mainstream end times understanding mm-hmm. is not actually. Mm-hmm. Connected to2,000 years of church history right uh, yeah. um, It's more uh, an invention of the last 150 years or yep. so right, right. Um, A lot right. of the, the the modern rapture interpretation um, the, the people disappearing uh, you know a pilot's flying his plane and Jesus came back like a thief in the night and that person disappeared and yep. the plane and everyone dies you know like uh-huh. it's the Nicolas Cage you know if anybody's watched the Left Behind movies, which I don't think I actually have. I haven't seen that one. I have seen part of that. Shouldn't that be your tell? Yeah. If Nicholas <laughs> Cage is the, if he's the <laughs> yeah. hero? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's the, you know, it's the the Larry Norman song. Anybody remember that one? Oh, which yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah this it's, it's this little gem. I heard this played in church uh, as a teenager even, oh, yes. you know, like, and uh, let me see if I can bring the chorus up here after 10 commercials. Uh, just bear with me, but yeah, it's all about like being ready for the second coming which is also the rapture according to this ideology and that if you're not ready you're the one who's going to mm. be left behind because the Christians are going to be taken away to heaven. I know uh, the words to the song. I can tell you the song. Oh, me. Can too. you? May There's too. no time to change your yeah, mind. Yeah, listen, listen to that. Okay. Oh yeah. I wish we'd all been ready.
4: There's no time to change your mind. The sun has
0: come and, and you've been, been left behind. behind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. I know.
2: I know. and turns, turns her head. Oh. He's, he's gone.
0: Gone. <laughs> gone. I oh, been, been, but. that that bass. <laughs> yep. <been and laughs> <him and> <laughs> what a sweet voice he's got, though. He oh, it's the Larry. Christian Willie yeah. Nelson right there minus the maybe Neil young <laughs> I yeah, there yeah, you yeah I like that yeah, better that's, yeah yep yeah. that's good you've it's got a nice slow fade Ron it's also a nice chord progression yeah. it's, a, it's a nice yeah. song actually yeah. and it's like a pretty song yeah it's pretty uh song. OK, so we can start trying to trying to dive into mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. so we're sort of like and there, there, there might be some Christians, too, that are listening, like what's so, what is what is funny to you about that? Like, right. let's be fair, yep. because mm-hmm. how do we how should we do this conversation? Like I want I want by the time we're done talking here in the next 20, 30 minutes, I would like to establish that we all can agree on what is the gospel mm-hmm. and what does the gospel tell us about the grand story of the Bible? the grand story and and revelation being included in that. Like, how does this, how did this thing begin? Where did the problems arise? What was the solution and what does that mean for the ultimate for Mm -hmm. eternity? And I think it's important Mm -hmm. that we establish that then the macro for lack of a better word, the macro story, then we can zoom in and talk about like the micro and that is that time before right now today and all the days prior, since Jesus ascended to heaven that, that time, the end time between now and, uh, when Christ ultimately and finally establishes the kingdom Mm -hmm. and the book of revelation does speak to that process and it does speak to tribulation. It does speak to Jesus. Like we talked about in our series, (coughs) eradicating sin and death entirely from creation. And that's the purpose of tribulation is to Mm -hmm. get rid of things that are, are, are death which again, that should speak to your interpretation of your rapture, but I'm all over the place. So what is the gospel story and why? And like, we need to start there. So like, let's, let's at least agree and let's lay out the gospel story Mm -hmm. from beginning to end. And then let's start to try to find our way into eschatology and see if we can help people, you know, land somewhere. I, and let me just say this before, before we go on into the gospel story. I actually don't care what you think about the rapture. Like, and that's, right. that's, that's been my, that's actually been my, um, reaction. I've bristled because like, you're coming to me, like I've had people ask me, you know, is yeah. the vaccine the mark of the beast, like very concerned or like, yeah. are we rapture ready and that kind of stuff. And, I'm, and I'm you're coming from a place of putting value on something that I actually don't put value on in the same way. Right. Right. and and to me that's that's the big the big hang up. I put mm-hmm. value on Jesus returning again. Yeah. But like how that sequence of events unfolds isn't as yeah. important to me because I have a certain interpretation of right. the end. Right. Can I and, and lest I we
2: get a hell ahead of ourselves, I actually think that the one thing I've actually held to sort of as mm-hmm. I've grown and matured and I've actually sort of to some to some degree put that all that the rapture stuff off to the side and for for this s- simple reason is that the instruction given uh by jesus is actually easier for me to wrap my head around um ab- about like be watchful do yes. the things like it's actually to actually live live according like it's to love him well. It's just, it's to believe in him, do the things that he did, do the things that he says. Mm-hmm. All like all of those things to be, that's, I know I can wrap my mind around that being watchful. And I don't have to know when the, when the day or the hour is. I don't have to know. Cause I know since Jesus, it's, so it's ironic. It's so ironic that Jesus says, no man knows the day or the hour. So here we are, we've spent, Years and years, yes. decades and charts and maps. We're obsessed and, with it. And we're obsessed with it, yeah. trying to know the day and the hour, right? So it's like so ironic, but it's actually the instruction of like, okay, well, how do you prepare if there, you know, if there is this, this catching away, this rapture, we're all going to disappear, it Doesn't whether it plays right. out that way or not. It's the instruction given so that we could be prepared for that. Yeah. And that to me is the thing that alleviates any kind of like fear, anxiety about, whether I'm going to be included or not.
0: The, the gospel of Jesus sh- should do away with fear. Yes. And yep. the reality is a lot of our understanding of the end times actually causes fear. Correct. Um, it should do away with fear for the believer. The Bible talks about, you know, the great and terrible day of the Lord. It's going to be mm. both, mm-hmm. right? Yep. It's great for those who know him and terrible for those who don't, mm-hmm. but it's just so important that we know the grand story. So let's, mm. Let's piece together, like, okay, these are the tenets of the cr- the Christian gospel, right? So let's piece it together, and you guys jump in. I'll, I'll provide the baseline, and you guys jump in on, like, hey, th- it's important, actually, that you mention this. So uh, creation, yes. right? God created yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not here by mistake. Everything's here by design. And importantly, when he made it, he made it good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Genesis one and Genesis two, God's creation was good in the beginning. Genesis three tells us that we live in a fallen world and sin entered the world through the deception of Satan and into the rebellion of humanity. We forfeited the God image in us and the authority Mm -hmm. God gave us. And we, we worshiped the created over the creator, um, not least of which ourselves, and that brought sin and death into the picture, which has been the problem the human problem since that moment, Mm -hmm. um, and all the death, all the sin, all the pain, shame, all of it, sickness, Mm -hmm. it all has its root in sin. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Then then the the gospel is the story of God's redemption, redemptive plan to heal, restore, forgive and renew broken creation. Right. Again, beginning with the pinnacle of his creation, human beings and so that redemptive story i don't have a hard copy bible here with me dan you've got one but that whole the whole book is ultimately the god's redemptive plan he actually does it through a people through a family Mm -hmm. through the nation of israel Mm -hmm. and it's very important that the christian church like recaptures how you can't you don't have the gospel without israel which that's a whole other Mm -hmm. conversation for another day but our savior is a jew Right, and it's exactly. very important that yeah. we we know that, and he actually came right. to fulfill yes the uh, the Abrahamic covenant yeah. Yeah. right, and right. he did that
1: according to the scriptures. Yes, you know. yeah, that yeah. It, yeah. First
0: Corinthians fifteen, yeah. like yeah, yeah. Christ mm. died according. Like this is all part of a plan, yeah. and a plan that God foreknew. Right, it says yes. it actually says in Revelation eleven, maybe twelve. It says like God, like the Lamb was uh, slain before the foundations mm-hmm. of the world. Yeah. yeah. So like the gospel was God always knew that the human heart had this potential to go in that direction. He saw it coming and he knew he would win our hearts and we wouldn't mm-hmm. just be robots programmed to do right. But we would be free thinking beings who chose to love him because mm-hmm. of his love for us, which is such mm-hmm. an unbelievable thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he could totally. he could have made us robots. Right. Yeah. But he's so powerful and so beautiful and so awesome that he gave us free will knowing full well what we would do with that. Mm-hmm. Mm. And yet he knew that through, through the, the revelation of his love and goodness to us that many would be one to him. Right. And mm. like, he has our hearts and that's what like, like it says in the, was it prophet Joel where it's like, I will write my law on your heart, you know, like mm. that. We won't mm. just be robots, yep. but that I'll give you a heart of flesh. And the gospel is really designed even now for those of us who believe to have a renewed heart, even though our bodies aren't renewed yet. Mm -hmm. So redemptive story fulfilled in Jesus Christ, according to the scriptures, like first Corinthians 15 talks about, you know, Christ died, according to the scriptures, like there was a sacrificial death which fulfilled the sacrificial system, which was given in Leviticus and Mm -hmm. the book of Exodus. Mm -hmm. And that was how the Israelites knew they were made right with God, except instead of having to do multiple sacrifices multiple times, this was the one perfect sacrifice once and for all for all all people forever and ever and Mm -hmm. ever, because he's eternal because he's perfect, perfect because Mm -hmm. he's God and man, he's the perfect sacrifice. I could preach that. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So Jesus dies as the perfect sacrifice as a, atoning for our sins, making us right with God. It's incredible to Mm -hmm. think God himself made us right with himself through his own blood. But the gospel isn't just that Christ died. You know, it's, it's God created things. Sin came, God created a redemptive story. It was fulfilled in the coming of Christ that he came, that he demonstrated who he was through his teaching, his authority, Mm -hmm. that he died on the cross, you know, dying our death, bearing our shame, making us right with God, but he also rose. And this is really important. And the church has lost this, Mm -hmm. I think in the last, and I think it's connected to either, either a lot of our eschatological understanding, like our end times takes have been, I don't know which is the chicken and which is the egg, but a lot of the time it misses the whole idea of new creation and God Mm -hmm. establishing his kingdom Mm -hmm. and new life here. Yeah. on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And a lot of us grew up with a gospel that says, believe in Jesus. He died for your sins so that when you die, you'll go to heaven and not go to hell. Right. Right. And that's the long longest short of it. And it right. really had nothing to s- to say about new creation breaking into this world in real time, beginning in your heart and in your soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's easy to think that way if you've grown up your whole life
2: thinking that you're just punching a ticket rather than... Uh, Rather than um, entering a kingdom, right? right? The uh, a kingdom that is being established, right? That it's unfolding. There's a process of the kingdom unfolding, even around us to this day. That started, you know, uh, at the cross, right? And right. is still unfolding to yep. this day. So, it, sorry,
3: were, were you jumping in? Yeah, I was g- going to say that uh, throughout, you know, through my life growing up in the church, a lot of what we emphasize in the church has been to Live the way that Jesus taught us to live. It's to listen to His teachings and apply them. But it's about our own performance, right? Our own, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our own right. goodness, and trying to earn salvation that way. Yeah. Uh, I was never taught that way, but that's kind that's of the uh, the taught. impression that's that's what what we catch, yeah, I think, yeah. in churches. Uh, but you're right. It's it's not about who we can be. It's what Jesus has done for us, and it's about uh, Paul wrote uh, to the Corinthians that we're new creations. Right. Mm-hmm. It is a new beginning. Yeah. We have with him. Yeah.
0: and if if you're if your gospel is, you know, be good so you can get into heaven someday and it misses the idea of new yeah. creation, then then you you miss out on like, yes, actually trying to live the life of Jesus is part of being a Christian and yeah. it is a good thing. But it's good in as much as this is what it means to be human. This yeah. is what it, this is what God intended with my life. This is how I thrive and flourish forever and ever and ever mm-hmm. is by by faith, believing in the way of Jesus as the true human and the true Adam and the true King. Like it's not, I better be a good boy. So I go to heaven someday. Right. You right. go to heaven someday for, you know, because of what he did for you, right. that is the gospel, mm-hmm. but he didn't just die for you. He rose in power. And that is like, think about it like this. You know, the imagery is hard to miss in the scripture. Like Jesus, you know, where, where did sin enter? it entered from a tree, right? Sin, mm-hmm. sin in a garden. In Genesis mm-hmm. chapter three, like you, there's a tree uh, of, of disobedience and a tree of sin and death that, ent- that where where the problem starts. And where did Jesus reverse the curse? It was on a, a cursed tree. It was him dying on a cross. And then, you know, you see the resurrection, like, like a seed planted into the ground, Jesus said, unless a seed is planted into the ground, it bears no fruit, right? Like he, his body was planted into the ground Mm -hmm. and new creation. When he, when Jesus was resurrected, that was the first breath of a new creation. Like Mm -hmm. when his heart started beating, that was the first heartbeat of a whole new creation that was, Mm -hmm. that's coming through him. He's the first fruits, Paul says Mm -hmm. of a new creation. And that all who come to him are reborn as well into that new creation. Mm -hmm. And He's not letting go of that new creation project. It's very right. important to hear that that new creation has been expanding and extending, heart by heart, day by day, yes by yes. I like that lyric in that song we sang. You know, every yes, your kingdom coming. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like the kingdom has been yes. being established. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> been being established. I know. I know this. This is a bit of a sermon here, but I think it's important because yeah. we have to have. We have to have a firm grip on this, Mm -hmm. right? Because this is the thing you have to know, and we have to agree on. And if you don't agree on it, you're not a Christian. Like this is this is
1: Christianity basics, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I just want to to jump in here just just to encourage somebody who might be might be discouraged with himself here too. Is there's another character in that gospel epic that I just want to mention, and that is the accuser of all of us, Mm. like. Adam and Eve didn't decide to sin on their own. Right. Yep. Like there was a dark power present mm-hmm. that that convinced them yep. that, that they should go ahead and disobey God. This would be wisdom to do that. And there's always been a dark power in yes in the world that's trying to take us out. Yep. So heaven is, is for us. Mm-hmm. Like God like like we are designed for heaven. So whenever whatever anybody thinks of hell and that whole picture, that is not something that's designed for us. And people mm-hmm. just need to realize Jesus. what Jesus accomplished through the gospel is a victory for all of us. It's a win. right? So it is, whether or not you're a Christian is in the balance, but whether or not you actually win against the dark powers in this world that are anti-creation, anti-us, mm-hmm. yes. want to take us out, your faith in Jesus means you win over those dark powers. Right. In the end, but also today, the things that want to discourage and condemn us, Jesus has our victory over that today, yeah, and I, I just wanted yeah. to throw that in there like that's good. there is yeah. an enemy that wants to take us out, yes, and believing mm-hmm. the gospel is a win
0: so so let's add right? so let's add because that's so important what you said there, Dan, like you have an enemy, you also have like entropy can we get the nerd corner can we get the nerd corner? Um, <laughs> Thank you. Entra- <laughs> Entropy is the second law of thermodynamics. Can, I think we need it again. Uh, <laughs> and and that's basically the the the, the physical natural law of yep. the universe that every like all systems are basically all going to degrade and they decompose and destroy from order to disorder. Or disorder. Yep. And when God created things, He made things in order. Mm. To go from order to order, like right. or mm-hmm. like, if there is chaos, he's bringing order to the chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And the fall, again, through the deception of the enemy, and the enemy continues to work toward our degradation and disorder and right. disintegration mm-hmm. and right. chaos. He is, whether he's the originator of the second law of thermodynamics or that's just a result of the fall, I think it's a result of the fall mm-hmm. that he's leveraging. Mm-hmm. Right. But nonetheless, there are forces working to destroy. Mm and to disintegrate God's right. creation right. that he loves. Right. Jesus came to restore and yes. redeem the creation that he loves. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that straight, it it's going it's going to lead you into a lot of non-gospel. Yes. Uh, and, and 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 roads. Yep. yep. And so that's the most important piece. So that you know what God what Jesus accomplished on the cross at Easter weekend. And then, we're almost done with the kind of gospel flyover here. And then he established his church in his followers, gave the gift of the Holy Spirit, which, mm-hmm. which again is God, is God with us, mm-hmm. but not, not just with us, in us. Mm-hmm. And that that new creation actually lives in us and actually gives life to us in real time and extends through us person to person, day by day. And so the the kingdom is and has been going out, but ultimately, so and this is that like, I think there's like an actual, maybe you know it, Greg, there's, a, there's an actual like theological term, but like that living in the now, not yet reality of the kingdom. Ultimately, there is um, a reality of the kingdom has been established through Christ and is being established through his church, mm-hmm. but it's not yet fully established. Mm -hmm. I mean, we still have cancer. We still have loss. The second law of thermodynamics is still affecting all of our bodies. There's only one person who has a resurrected body right now, and that is Jesus. Right. That said, this is part of the gospel. Christians believe that Jesus will come again. And if you read, again, if you ever want like a a good snapshot of the gospel, 1 Corinthians 15 is one of the best spots Mm -hmm. in the whole Bible to give you an overview of the whole gospel. But Christians believe that Jesus will come again and he will come and he will bring judgment on the earth but this judgment is judgment on like the 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 people who don't know Jesus not not just that but like we will also pass through a judgment Christians mm-hmm. we'll like um some of the imagery is that fire basically will will mm-hmm. pass through fire and that that which isn't composed of the kingdom reality will get burned up. And the things that are kingdom compatible will come forth as gold, basically. like mm-hmm. it's, I think there's a scripture and F- Paul talks about like one of the one of the, I think Corinthian letters where he talks about like the workmanship will be revealed, mm-hmm. and he who builds on stubble and straw and hay, will be burned up and have nothing to show for. Mm-hmm. But he, you know, he who basically mm-hmm. builds his life on Christ will have something. So anyway, yeah. Christ is coming again to establish his full kingdom. right? And the biblical imagery at the end of the book and the, the language that Jesus used also is that the kingdom of God is here. Mm-hmm. Like that God brings and establishes a new heaven and a new earth here fully. And so believers, the redeemed, the saints of God, we get a new body that will never die. Like a, a new body that will never, ever die. And death is eradicated. That's, that's gospel. Mm. And that we will live forever and ever and ever. And he will be our God and we will be his people. And there will be no disconnection of God and man. And that's, that is the grand story. Mm-hmm. So all that needs to be in place before we start trying to interpret what the scripture or what Jesus meant when he was talking about the, the last days.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it, your interpretation cannot contradict that gospel thread that right. goes from the beginning to the end of the book. Right. That's why it's, I just wanted to take that 20 minutes to make sure that we have that established because that is a main thing. Mm-hmm. That is a, you like, you're not in the household of the family of God if you don't believe mm-hmm. that Christ came, Christ died, Christ rose, he established his new kingdom, he, he, gave, he gave us the Holy Spirit to empower mm-hmm. the church and establish his kingdom in real time, and he's coming again to fully mm-hmm. establish the kingdom forever and ever and ever. Praise his name, amen. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that's a macro thing. Let's zoom in now on the end time stuff Mm -hmm. and realize this is a micro conversation. And this is a conversation that you can have different interpretations even, but that's got to happen within the family of God. This Mm -hmm. is like a family Mm -hmm. discussion. What do you think? It's dangerous when you start to build your whole faith on your end times take, right? That's, Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing. If I can do some people a favor, like, people have really hard-nosed, fastened-down eschatological takes that I think they're more committed to than their understanding of the gospel. And in many mm-hmm. cases, it actually contradicts the gospel. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, and I don't know if you guys want to jump in before we start mm-hmm. diving into rapture stuff, but...
1: No, let's get to it.
0: Okay, so what's your... Let someone else talk for a second. Give give the Give us the... Okay, you're walking down the streets of St. John and a Jack Chick track (laughs) blows over your feet. (laughs) Does anybody know that reference? Holy
2: Holy Joe is one of them. Remember, I don't know if you know that we could. Okay, so so, I I get them all up here.
0: So an end times track, you know, it's a Jehovah's Witness track blows over and it's a nice technicolor. And it's and it says, Are you ready? And you yeah. open it up. What's that track say? What's the mm. what is the end times the gospel according to the end times conspiracist? Well,
2: I think, I mean, for me, it's like probably the if you are adhering to that, you know, there is you're gonna you're gonna believe that there's a I think the main argument are, is: Are you pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib? What, which part of the tribulation are you are you checking out, right? Like, are you is your ticket mm. stamped for, right? And so I think that that's the, you know, it's that's the that's the the basic mindset of like where when are we when are we getting out of here?
0: So just to help just to help some people that might not know what you're talking about with pre-trib, mm. post-trib, mid-trib, yeah, that's that's. Um, it's an interpretation of the second coming and the events recorded in Revelation mm-hmm. uh, that's connected to a bigger a bigger web called dispensationalism. Right, and dispensationalism is basically categorizing uh, different interpretations or times uh, yeah. in the continuum. Of the yes. annals of Christianity,
2: right? That the and then the thought that there is like seven years of tribulation, and there's some kind of demarcation three and a half years in, where the causes desolation, right? That yeah. and then the beast arises. Uh, there is there is that you know there's, there's that imagery in Revelation, and then there's these schools of thought that would say, well, no, Jesus isn't coming back. You know, he's either coming back at the beginning. Somewhere in the middle or somewhere at the end, that's the just that's the
0: the school of thought, yes, okay, so and then out of that, there has been a lot of efforts and fantastic fantastical mm-hmm. um, things created or interpretations or even works of fiction created um, that takes some of the imagery and even the chronology, the quote unquote chronology. Mm-hmm of the book of revelation and interprets that into real time events where we take uh, a stab at, it's going to play out this way. So, you know, you read things like the mark of the beast and the number is six, 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 and it's going to be on the forehead or the wrist. And what mm-hmm. does that mean? You read the numbers, like the seven years mm-hmm. of tribulation. So you have people that are reading the book of revelation and they're, they're making interpretations and trying to like fill that in, right. in, in, generally not in ancient history now again I, ho- I hope this is helpful for people i know we're kind of all over the place but this is why i wanted to do it in this format because there's just a lot to be said and mm-hmm. i don't have the maybe the time to sit down and map it out in a clean teaching but um there are different ways to interpret revelation as well right there are people called historicists who say revelation already all happened it's the same as reading the book of jude um there are people there are futurists who would say that um it's all yet to happen, that none of it's happened, and it's all a future event, and when it happens, you'll know. They're, mm-hmm. they're your futurists, and that's where you get most of your people. Your dispensationalists would mm-hmm. kind of land there, and then you have, um, oh, shoot, I'm drawing a blank on the third. It's the, the, mi- it's preter- the, it's the preterist? Pre- preterist. Preterist. Yeah. Um, sorry, yeah. The preterist is uh, the people who believe that it already
1: happened. It, yeah, except for one or two events yeah yeah
0: and the historicist is the that's where generally I've landed and that mm-hmm. is that it's all relevant that there are things that have happened things that are happening and things yet to happen and that there's there's things there's the book speaks to what was what is and what is to come mm-hmm. that's kind of the historicist approach to it and that's really where I've been teaching from right. and then you have the futurist and that's where most of the stuff like the left behind series comes from uh, what was this? What was the '80s movie that was so terrifying that I saw Thief in the, night. Thief a thief in the, in the night. night? Yeah, whole series with that. Mm. Yeah, and so like that that kind of that kind of stuff that again really underscores the get ready to meet your maker. You better be ready because mm. when he comes, he's coming like a thief in the night, and the people are going dis- to disappear. Yep. So, people are already picking up that I probably don't necessarily share the same interpretation on the rapture as maybe uh, Tim LaHaye who, mm-hmm. or even like some people like David Jeremiah and stuff. Um, I, saw, I tend to land with uh, like N.T. Wright, John Piper. Uh, they've really both informed my thinking on that. Um, and it's more of a classical understanding of the, the second coming of Christ. Um, where this whole thing has been built from, the, the rapture, Basically is a leap point off of two texts, one in First Thessalonians chapter mm. 4, where Paul is talking about the end, and he's talking about when Christ comes back, it says, in First Thessalonians 4, I can probably pull it up, actually. Yeah. It's probably worth actually reading. It's in, I think it starts in 15, First, first Thessalonians 4:15. Guys, my mouth hurts so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to the dentist today for the first time, and let me just say, some time. <laughs> um, hey, I have naturally good teeth. They, uh, I don't have to do a lot. It's pretty low maintenance. I didn't have braces. Didn't have to do any of that. So. Yeah. I'll say it's been more than months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not using mm-hmm. month measurements. There's some shame. There's a, sh- some shame attached a little to bit real, of shame attached to the My dentist number. is awesome, and she goes to our church here. Yeah. And every time I see her at church, I feel the same way that some people feel when they see me out in public <laughs> that haven't been to church in a long time. And they say, "I promise, I'm coming back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come back. I, it's, I, it's good that I saw you today. I'm coming back. I've been yeah. saying that to my for, to my dentist for again. A certain period of time, <laughs> <laughs> it's vague as revelation. Mm, yeah, um, anyway, they did some uh, some real, some real uh, cleaning, and I'm I'm, I'm hurting. But uh, <laughs> the things I will press through for the yes, sake yes. of the call. <laughs> yes, <I> appreciate it. <laughs> so, so. First Thessalonians four uh, fifteen, Paul is saying. As, if anyone wants to read it, go ahead.
1: How, how far do you want us to go down? It's, it's
0: really it's 15 to 17, All right.
1: I think. All right. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Mm. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we, will, we tell you that we who are still alive— Who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Mm -hmm.
0: So... This is like the primary uh, rapture text, and it's it's also um, what's the word um, supported by uh, some of the talk that Jesus gave at the end of Matthew. Really, yeah. uh, is a lot of the uh, like mm-hmm. the end time stuff that Jesus speaks of, and he actually speaks a lot of. There's a lot yeah. of stuff in there about it, and. Again, it he does stress being ready. That is a Christian thing. Mm -hmm. Like Larry Norman's not off base by the absolutely being ready. Like that, like that is that is a Christian thing. Like we should be diligent, watchful. Jesus said it over and over again. So many of his parables are just about like. Look, live like the imminent, like I'm coming soon. And it says even in Revelation, behold, I'm coming soon. Mm -hmm. We are supposed to live with that anticipation, expectation to not go to sleep on that call. So that's very important. Um, I'll, I'll say where I think Larry and co. run into trouble in a second. But it's very important that we establish that Jesus... Sp- spoke about his second coming, and he spoke about the the need to be ready. Mm-hmm. Um, he speaks though in Matthew twenty four. If you, want, if anyone wants to pull that up, Matthew twenty four, near the end, like verse thirty six, I think is where he talks about like the time of Noah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: sword drill. It's like yeah, uh, it, I love it. Like I love the Bible, and you know what? I like that the four of us are just sitting here cracking open yeah, this like, verse thirty six starts the. Whole thing. I I, Come on, I, preach, Brent. Well, Come I, on. I hope that some of you um like maybe you disagree with me actually, mm. because this is this is what Christian Christians are supposed to do. We're supposed to crack open the scripture. We're supposed to pat hit these things around. Like if you have disagreement, like right. don't
4: mm.
0: people people today just they they leave. They'll leave the church. Yeah. Like i I bet you like there'll be people that like I don't know if I I've had people leave the church since doing the revelation series, because they don't like, they don't like that. I don't take a hard line on the, you know, the left behind series take. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah.
3: yeah, I would say that with this topic and, and some other ones too, what I've been struck with in recent days is just how opinionated people are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know social media f- feeds a lot of that, yeah. but people have to have an opinion about everything that is so ingrained on, in them yeah. that they're ready yeah. to fight anybody who might disagree with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, when I look at this um, eschatological yep. <laughs> stuff, yep. um, you know, I, I look at the prophecies in the Old Testament about the first coming of Jesus mm-hmm. and how confused and how far off people were of yes. their expectation it's of how he would come, yep. that I think it's important that we have a lot of grace and humility yes. as we try to approach hmm. prophecies yep. of the end times. And, uh, yep. and yeah, there can be lots of different interpretations, lots of different uh, theories, and I've Believe different ones at yeah. different times in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I've heard them argued so fiercely that it sounds like there can't be any disagreement. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree you bring with
2: up that. a. I just want to just jump on that point. Yeah. Like you, you bring up a great point that we get the benefit of hindsight yeah. when it comes to parsing out the Old Testament right. and have mm-hmm. and knowing mm-hmm. exactly what points to Jesus. Yep. Nobody knew. Right. Nobody in fact, in fact, you could make really good cases about some of the key scripture verses about about that they were pointing to somebody else, but it wasn't until Jesus came fulfilled those that we actually can look back and say they were actually pointing at Jesus I mean for goodness' sake, the devil didn't even know, and of course no. we're right right
1: like, in our interpretation right because the
2: Bible actually says that if they <laughs> like uh what's the what's the thing about the the devil if he if he'd actually knew the plan of salvation, there's no way that they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory uh, I'm, but there is that, there is that point of mm-hmm. like this. It was cryptic, it was vague, but it yeah. was intentionally that way, right? So that God could just he he could come in and you know yeah. he lets his people know what's going on. And but yeah. we I guess the real point is that we do get the benefit of hindsight. Yes. Yes. Here we are, thousands of years later, yep. looking at the scripture, going, oh, that pointed to Jesus. Yeah. That pointed to Jesus.
0: That pointed to Jesus, and this, right? This is a really good place to probably to put that in here at this sort of midway point of this conversation. It's crucial that Christians do walk in that, like, and this is the cruciform life. It's mm-hmm. humility and grace, mm-hmm. yeah. Like that that is the that is the way of Jesus, right? Is to like to take the low position, mm-hmm. like to be humble in your interpretation, even, and yeah. to have a ton of grace for other people and theirs. Absolutely. And like, and I want I want to make sure that people, like, especially in our church here, I I actually. It's fine if you if you think that it's going to play out just like uh, hmm. Nicholas Cage says it is, yep. like I, I'm okay with that. As long as yes. we agree that Jesus is come, Jesus is Lord, Jesus died and rose again in body. He's, just, he's the mm-hmm. king of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he's going to come again someday and he's going to establish his kingdom in fullness. We can argue about how that's going to mm-hmm.
1: unfold.
0: It's not a big deal to me as long as the things that are a big deal are intact. Yep. And it's like, uh, what's that? It's been attributed to like every scholar, but I, I've, of course, our upbringing, Greg, in the Wesleyan Church, it's been attributed to John Wesley. But uh, you know, in essentials, unity; mm-hmm. in non-essentials, liberty; in, in all, all things, things, charity. things, charity, grace. Mm-hmm. Right, and like I think that's so important yeah. in in this in this conversation. So that's good that that was said. So let's jump back in. Matthew twenty four is the other place that we kind of get the. I would say the, the two legs that a lot of the perspective that is built around this stand on 1 Thessalonians 1, or 4, sorry, and Matthew 24. So mm-hmm. in verse, it uh, starts at, yeah, the day and the hour unknown, verse 36. Someone else can read it if they want. Just read uh, read read down to 44.
2: When two men will be in the field, one will be taken, and one, one left.
0: left behind.
2: Two, wi- two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, and one, one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must also be ready.
0: For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Okay, so let me let me try to run this down for a second. So, First Thessalonians four talks about the coming, the second coming, and specifically there's that word where it says, "and we will be caught up with Him." Mm-hmm. And the word "caught up" is the mm-hmm. only place in the Scripture where we get the word "rapture." That's it. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually an invented word. It's not really a, a wasn't really a word. It it's comes in from, the Latin. It's the, the ra- the word rapture is. Yeah. Yeah. But it comes from the Greek word, Harpezo. Right. Which, which means to be gathered like, mm-hmm. like a, like it, the same word is used where Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. And he says, Oh, that I would gather you up. Like, right. Um, the, it's like a chicken in her, a hen, hen her. a hen, her. And her. Yeah, anyway, same word, Harpezo mm-hmm. to be caught up. And so, mm-hmm. so Paul says, we'll be caught up in the sky with him. And so where we, I think, run into trouble, or this is, a, this, is, this is where the split happens. What happens, none of us are arguing that Paul meant when he said, okay, we'll be caught up with him yeah. in the sky. Whether he meant that literally or just literarily, we can argue about that, but let's just not for now. Let's just yeah. say we're all in the sky. Let's say after we finish this podcast, the trump sounds, mm-hmm. the Lord descends, every eye will see him and we are caught up in the sky with him first first those who died i think it says and yep. then those who are still alive caught up mm. what happens next i think is where there becomes two tracks of thinking as it pertains to the rapture and the right the traditional the traditional christian take is and this is going to maybe bristle some people that think that they have the traditional take. I assure you, you do not. The traditional take is that we come and Jesus establishes his kingdom fully on earth. Mm-hmm. Basically us being caught up in the sky was an image. It was the same imagery used in Paul's language as when a Roman conqueror would right. come into a city. The The town wouldn't be like, Hmm, Caesar's coming let see if he walks by the window. Everybody would go out and welcome the king in mm. and come and back. parade him in as he takes his position as ruler. Yep. And that's the language that Paul is using here. When we are caught up in the sky, Jesus is coming. He's not coming 98% of the way to whisk us away. And then is is he going to come again? Is there a third coming? Is that what we're talking about here? So yeah. that's yeah. that's where we run into problems. Uh, or not problems, I'm I'm sort of showing my cards here, what what I think, but um, that's where we maybe get some division is, uh, you know, Tim LaHaye and the Left Behind series would say, you know, we're caught up with him Mm -hmm. and we're taken off to heaven and everybody who's not redeemed is left behind. However, that doesn't stand really well beside what Jesus just said in Matthew 24, which ironically is what You know, a lot of people will use as Mm -hmm. um, evidence for that take that we're all going to disappear and be gone and the wicked will be left behind. Mm -hmm. And that's Larry Norman's song, right? Like that the the one that wasn't ready was left behind. But I don't actually think that's what Jesus is saying here. Right. Jesus is saying, you know, like it's going to be, back in Matthew 24, it's going to be like it was in the days of Noah. Mm. Well, what happened in the story of Noah? Yeah. Noah was the righteous man. God Mm -hmm. called him and set him apart, and God spared the righteous. And who disappeared in that story? The wicked. The wicked disappeared in that story, not the righteous. So either Jesus was mixing metaphors or we are taking the wrong angle on what he was saying. Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm.
0: And that is congruent with the rest of the book of Revelation and the Bible that when Jesus comes, he is going to eradicate Mm -hmm. sin. Mm-hmm. And Satan, and all those who refuse to repent, mm-hmm. so those who get quote unquote left behind aren't aren't the wicked yeah, right it's the it's the yeah. redeem that we get to live we, in His rule, rule and reign forever. Right,
2: which I would also say that that's actually con, is actually congruent with the rest of the Bible, well, that's, where it yes. actually talks about the righteous remaining and being unmoved and being safe while the while the wicked are swept away. That's yeah. actually congruent right.
0: thematically with the rest of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, I think again, like if you believe that you know the you, you were what you were maybe taught in off the off a track or whatever off the thief in the night series or what have you. It doesn't really matter to me if we all, if we think that in the end we all end up living under the supreme rule and reign of an everlasting kingdom, whose kingdom is without end and will increase forever and ever and ever. If we agree on that, we're good. And if we agree that you need to be ready, we agree. The, the two different interpretations of you know, the second coming, I think, is where we can maybe kick it around and and uh, where maybe there's different interpretations. Within that, again, I think my feeling is there's been some uh, maybe just bad biblical interpretation that has gone into this. Like even with the book of Revelation, like people don't have a good, here's another fancy word, like hermeneutic, which is like basically hermeneutics are... It's, how to interpret? Yeah, it's how to mm. interpret the scriptures. It's the mm-hmm. it's the whole it's the whole story and how it fits together. Right, right. Um, exegesis is like how to how to interpret like a you know a scripture and like to pull out again. Right. It's micro versus macro almost. And I think a lot of the time, a lot of people and well-intended pastors haven't had a good hermeneutic about the whole of scripture. And then they've dove into something like Revelation, and they read like the seven years of tribulation. They think that seven means literally seven, right. but if you knew apocalyptic literature, you'd know that l- that literally none of the numbers in the Book mm-hmm. of Revelation are numeric; they're symbolic. Right? They they mean they carry a meaning. It's not meant to be interpreted as. Okay, seven years means seven years. Number seven is the number of completion. So it's mm. talking about a process. I'm just, I think, I think that's where bad Bible interpretation has pulled some folks and, and many of us, myself included, into a space that, and this is really where I want to start to land. If you examine it,
4: mm.
0: kind of goes against a lot of the gospel and what Jesus said You know, it creates a sense of escapism. Like if you believe that God is just going to whisk Christians away and those who have prayed the sinner's prayer are going to go and off and live with God, then it doesn't really matter what happens in this life.
2: Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Like how you live, what kind of human you are, what kind of father you are, what kind of friend, what kind of community we're building, what happens with the planet, like that stuff doesn't matter. And is it possible that the reason we have you know a few generations now of christians that don't actually look any different than the world that we live in is it possible because we have an escapist gospel right that's like as long as you it's a, it's almost superstitious it's like as long as you pray that prayer Mm -hmm. You've got your fire insurance and you're going to go off to heaven someday. And it robs the gospel of its power of new Mm -hmm. creation to actually transform your life here and now and forever and ever. And it sets your expectation wrong and it sets your values wrong. Mm -hmm. If Christ is coming back to redeem the world, then the work that I do and the life that I live right now really matters. Mm -hmm. And what happens in the world really matters. But if he's just going to come and set fire to the whole thing and like, then then who cares? I'm good. It's like, it's like putty yeah. from Seinfeld. Well, oh, you, I'm not going to hell.
2: Yeah. Well, you get, you actually get to, you get two results. The one that you're talking about is that we've just punched our ticket and now it doesn't matter what we do. The other extreme is that you actually get like a commune, right? Like, or you get people, groups of people that actually pull themselves back mm-hmm. from like that in the world, but not of it. Well, they're, they're actually neither, but like they've actually withdrawn so far from society that they actually have no influence you know, on it other than selling cheese and some wooden furniture, <laughs> right? Like, so you actually get the, you get these extremes of like, either you punch your tickets, then it doesn't matter what I do. And then you're like, so you're actually no, you, you, you're you actually, it's like you, it's like the rapture's already happened and you're already been pulled away, like on that one side. Yeah, Where that's it's like point. Where, where it's like, it's like you're now removed, but yet you've removed yourself from from people who Jesus died to save yeah. and it's antithetical to live your life like that in both extremes uh it's it's antithetical to the gospel because mm-hmm. the gospel primarily advances through the church and through believers right yeah. so how can you how can you advance the gospel how can you be part of the unfolding of the kingdom of god if you're if you're pulled back from society you're hunkering down until Jesus comes again, and I think that's the that's the to me that's the greatest. I don't know if this is the right word, but that's the greatest sin of of that escapist um, yeah. eschatology, right? It's this withdrawing and like we 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 misunderstand the establishing of God's new creation, right. right? It's but that's the greatest sin of that thing is that we've actually pulled back from the world so much that we actually aren't. Salt and light, right? Yeah, we're actually putting putting
0: the bushel over over the light. It's a great it's a great point. I think it's that that really zooms in on maybe the again. I mean, there's a there's a a way that you can get to you know having a proper gospel understanding and ethic, and still believe in maybe the 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 rapture that. You know we're we're all going to disappear and and Mm -hmm. fine as long as in the end you believe that the new heaven and the new earth are established and like a new Jerusalem. I saw I saw a new Jerusalem coming down, you know, adorned like a bride for her husband, like Mm -hmm. that. That's established on the earth, Mm -hmm. and that we will like. I think one of the big shifts in my later years of uh, of Christianity, one of the biggest shifts, has been how um how much more literal and physical like my christian faith is than it was when i was younger mm-hmm. like it was it was much more um in the words like gnostic it was much more like the the, the gnostics believed in like that matter mm. the material world is is mm. is inherently evil and that everything that god really is about and doing is really just in the spirit And Mm -hmm. it only matters what your spirit and your soul is doing, and and that your soul is going to be go off to be with God, and this this material world doesn't really matter at all. And I think the shift that I've made, and the Lord is—I think the Lord has led this, I think He's leading this in the church. I think it really is going to produce more fruit, is to to see like that. You know, when God made creation, He made it good. Mm. He, he designed beauty. He, and we see these glimpses of the magnitude and magnificence of God mm-hmm. in the splendor of creation. And, that, and then when he came and redeemed all things, he didn't come in a, in a spirit. He came in a body. Yes. And he had a resurrected body. Like, why did the gospel writers go out of their way to show that he, was, he wasn't a ghost, Right. And he wasn't a spirit. Like literally one of like like it's bizarre almost when you read it and it's like, Jesus came in and he ate some fish and some honey, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, you know, and it's like, Mm -hmm. Jesus was hungry. Yeah. He ate. Yeah. Right. Like his body was resurrected. And it's like, when I think about the end and I, and I envision like the return of Christ and the doing away of death and the devil and decay, I imagine all of the best things about this existence and then things that I can't even imagine. But I think about like, and we've nerded out, you don't need to press the nerd button again, but we've nerded Mm -hmm. out about like in, in the end, do we get to like explore the cosmos? Do we get to, you know, is, Mm -hmm. is there a, there's a whole universe out there that, and you know, that God created, like, are we going to, and all that to say, I just think the, the, the redemptive reality of the gospel is a lot more literal and a lot more physical and tangible and tactile and material. It's material than a lot of us grew up believing. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us have formed our eschatology off of a Gnostic understanding of the gospel.
1: Yeah, I want to encourage people who are listening that, that God has not vacated His creation.
0: Good word yeah like that's, that's just so good.
1: important um, to understand that, like, and I want to encourage those who want to dig into this to consider the fact that when you read the Bible, the Old Testament is uh, very much a Hebrew, a work of Hebrew literature, um, of course I mean really the whole Bible really is, mm-hmm. but to realize that that our faith has been greatly influenced by Greek and Roman culture, mm-hmm. and our views of heaven and earth have a lot to do with Greek philosophy, way more than the Jewish writings of the Old Testament. that's right. That's worth looking into. The next thing to look into I really encourage people is is that God loves his creation, always has, he's committed to it, and he's restoring all things. Right. That's a really good backdrop for any of this consideration. You have a God that is committed. He has not vacated his creation. He doesn't hate it. Mm Mm-hmm. He's actually working to restore it. It's good. So, and I want to, another one I want to throw in there real quick is, there is something to prepare for and to be ready for. And I believe that Christians are the most prepared and ready people on the planet for what's coming. Like, Christians believe something really amazing is still coming. mm mm-hmm and it is God's yeah. restoration of all things. Correct. And there's many traumatic things that are going to happen in the process, but they get that God's working for the mm. good of all things. Right. Last thing, Brent, and then I'll let somebody else this talk. This is good. I've been storing yeah. up over here. Yeah. yeah. Is, is in Second Peter chapter 3, you guys can read it yourself. I don't need to read it out loud to you, but it refers to the flood of Noah and the earth being destroyed by yes. the flood. But we yeah. all realize the earth wasn't destroyed in the flood. It was mm-hmm. resurfaced, mm-hmm. it was rearranged, it was traumatic. But the earth was still there mm-hmm. to be repopulated and so on. Right. And it talks about the earth being destroyed that way. We have God's promise, it won't be destroyed that way. But, but the earth and all of it is going to be destroyed by fire. Mm-hmm. That promise is still coming That's in the right. great and terrible mm-hmm. day of the Lord. But it says that the earth will be laid bare doesn't say the earth will no longer be that's right and I think people like it's just really good to understand the big story. here's Peter's writing mm-hmm. this a Jewish man who knew very well the story of Noah he's part of a culture that believed this they understood that God was was actually redeeming restoring working with his creation in the in the in the flood. And so there was a context for that. We don't mm. need to jump to conclusions about, well, great, that's what happens to the earth. Mm. It's gone. Yeah. No, there's a new earth. That's right. But but the new earth arises out of God's res- restoration of all things. So we would just be wise to not believe a narrative that involves God hating and destroying his creation. Yeah. Mm. Like he, that that would be f- that would be foolishness, I the think. The
0: judgment, the judgment we re- read about and the tribulation is God destroying all that destroys.
1: Yes, Right. All the anti-creation. Yes.
0: Everything. Yep. Every, every, like the devil and the, and entropy and all, all yep. of that is, that's what hell is for. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. what God creates hell. Like the, and it's mm-hmm. all thrown in the lake of fire and it's done yep. away with yep. the same way. If you do a renovation in your house, like that, that, Wood that's not usable and it's rotten and you 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 throw it out to be burned. Like Jesus used some of that analogy. Or you put it behind your garage. You put I mean, no, you, know, you <laughs> throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you got some wood back yeah. there, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, and that's and that's actually because that yep. what you said there, Dan, brought to mind the the one I was trying to say earlier. Paul says in Second or First Corinthians three. Uh, starting in verse 12, he goes, if anyone builds on a foundation using gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, his workmanship will be evident mm-hmm. because the day, capital D day, the day of the mm. Lord, will bring it to light. It'll be laid bare. Right. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will prove the quality of each man's work. Mm. And if if what he has built survives, he will receive a reward. And now he's speaking. he's speaking to believers here. Watch this. He goes, if it is burned up, He will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, but only as if through flames, one through the flames in that there's entry into eternity by the grace of God. But it also matters how you let that grace shape and affect your life and build your life now. Mm -hmm. And that the reward and the experience, this is kind of saying, is different based on how you steward your life in this life. That's why this life matters. If it's all Mm -hmm. just about a ticket to heaven, then who cares? It doesn't matter what I do. And, uh, I think, I think that mm. having that creation, new creation, like, like exactly what you said, like from out of the ashes of that, that material, God is redeeming and creating and restoring a new creation the same mm-hmm. way that it began in Jesus's body, mm-hmm. right? Like he was mm-hmm. raised in body and that, that's a foundation of our faith. Mm-hmm. It's not, he was raised in our minds you know and that's all. there's a lot of there's a lot of you know like um what's the word heretical christian sects that would say you know no we had the feeling of resurrection yep. or like they didn't they didn't really see him it was just like a it was an allegory or it was a picture of how you too can come right. back from right. the brink no he literally rose in body they right. touched him they saw him yeah. they ate with him they yeah. hugged him they they touched his wounds it, yep. that's so critical so that's that's uh, probably a decent place to start to land the plane. I, I don't I don't know if we're missing anything major. If we're setting people up to go off into some tailspin and we just torpedoed everything they'd known and believed, or I hope people are able to sort of navigate some of this. If you're gonna do some research, um, I'd say be careful what you Google. That's probably right. just good. That's yeah. just probably good advice just in general. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I would say. Um, you know, I've had some folks in our year and a half of preaching revelation, send me, send me, um, some materials that I'm just like, dude, this guy is like selling these books out of the back of his car. Like this is not, this is not good stuff. Um, when it comes to biblical interpretation, it's important, you know, you know, the level of integrity. Right. Uh, and like, what's the word efficacy? Uh, I don't know if that's the right word or not. Biblical, yeah. biblical integrity that you're working with. And so for me, like my, one of the mo- most influential thinkers is definitely N.T. Wright. You yeah. can look up his stuff, right? He yeah. is the foremost new Testament scholar on planet earth. Yeah. Like yeah. Good, if you have an argument, Yep. Yeah. Take it up with him. He's
1: very careful and generous. <laughs> he's with, very generous. With, with the way he spells out his arguments. Yeah, so you'll find him refreshing. I he's a
0: an yeah. uh, former Anglican bishop, yeah. but uh, just a very intelligent and beautiful yep. man. Yep. I, was on a, I was on a FaceTime or a Zoom call with him once. I didn't get to talk. I was just sort of there among other faces. But right. I have never seen more books in a man's like peripheral <laughs> in my life than and he writes study. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure the whole time he was talking, he was reading with one other eye. Like <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I would recommend N.T. Wright. Uh, John Piper's got really good stuff. For those of you Baptists and Reformers out there, he's like, I don't want an Anglican. John Piper's got really good stuff on on this uh, as well. And again, a very tested you know, Bible thinker with a different mm-hmm. opinion necessarily on right. some things than uh, N.T. Wright. So if you want sort of a balanced approach that are basically saying, same thing that we are. Um, I would mm-hmm. start there. So, yeah. any other thoughts? I, I guess where
2: I would sort of want to uh, chime in as we land the plane, it's the like whatever you do in your research, if it causes you to disengage or be a f- be fearful, yes, you're not. I would I would I would be very attentive to what your research leaves you believing, and if it causes you to want to engage with the world. And be a part of God's redemptive plan for the world, then I'd go with that, Mm. right? Like, so it's just like fears. Fear is a fear is a being afraid of what's coming is a dead giveaway because God, like everything about the Lord, is He does everything to to destroy that fear. So I'd I'd probably just.
3: Yeah, I'd say Paul, in uh, First Thessalonians, Paul mm-hmm. says that he wrote what he wrote to be an encouragement. Yeah, encourage yeah. each other with yeah, not words. to cause fear. Yeah,
0: yeah. totally. Very exactly. good. Yeah, Greg, you're the man. There you you go. always just you just sit there and you just come in with the just just the good stuff. So, um, yeah. I, yeah, I would concur with that. So, final thoughts would be, the gospel is good news for all mm-hmm. who believe. Yep. And I want to yeah. make sure I put that for all who believe yes. because the day of the Lord is a great and terrible day. Yeah. It is a terrible day for those who do not believe. Yeah. But the gospel of Jesus is good news for all who believe. And if your gospel mm-hmm. causes fear and panic, mm. look again at the perfect love of Jesus yes. that casts out all fear. Yeah. I believe that the true response to the gospel is, thank you, Jesus, for saving me and come quickly. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was I was looking at Revelation twelve twenty two. It was like
2: the spirit of the bride. The spirit and the bride say come. Like there is that like in the middle of the restoration of all things as that unfolds, you you're gonna find yourself living
0: with that ache of yeah. the spirit and the bride say come. Come quickly, Lord yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And I would say my rapture and end times eschatology of old did not make me want him to come. Right. I was terrified of that. Yes. Mm -hmm. But the real gospel, the spirit and the bride say, come, come Mm -hmm. quickly, Lord Jesus. And all God's people said. Amen. "Amen." Thank you guys for being on. Uh, If anybody has any questions, you can, or if you have any criticism, you can email dan.lamus at kingschurch.cc. And if you have any questions, you can email greg.hanson at (laughs) kingschurch.cc. This joke's never get old. old. the The question is, has that ever worked? Have you ever received an email? Not that I know. (laughs) No. (laughs) Good. If you actually did, I'd stop doing it. (laughs) Dear Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I just found that just invigorating and uh, inspiring and clarifying, and I hope you did, too. Truly, if you have any questions or you want to have some dialogue, I think it's so important that we learn how to sharpen one another. If you've got something that you found that, hey, we're in error, and you've got a good biblical case for why, please bring that to us. You can email me at brent.ingersoll at kingschurch.cc. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to get your feedback, pushback, encouragement, anything along those lines would be awesome. And uh, yeah, hey, have a great week. And if you haven't, subscribe, leave us a review, and uh, we'll see you next time.